I want to talk to you as you turn to 1 John. 1 John in the Scripture about incentives to overcome. Incentives to overcome. God will always stimulate in us what He wants from us. God will always take the initiative. He commands us to love Him, and we know that we can never truly give Him our heart in full devotion unless we fall in love with Him. So He stimulates the love that He demands and desires and deserves from us by loving us first. The Bible said we've known and believed the love that God has for us, for God is love. Amen. If you listen to Let's Talk About Jesus, our new theme is uh, following the God of light or the God who is light. We just want to give you a preview of that this morning. Uh, Before God is love, God is light. And if God wasn't light, God would never be love. It's that purity and perfection of his person and character that causes the light to shine from his presence, the Shekinah, the glory that attends his presence. Amen. But it is also that that perfection of his person that causes his love to flow perfectly and unconditionally toward fallen man. Hallelujah. That's another message, and we're ministering it right now on Let's Talk About Jesus, which is available on our website. Let's, before I talk about the overcoming, I want you to begin to see yourself as an overcomer. Because if you think and start doing a personal inventory of can I do this? Can I overcome that? Can I endure this? Can I escape that? Am I strong enough? Am I wise enough? Am I biblically literate enough? Do I have enough of the Holy Spirit in me? Do I have enough power to overcome? God wants you to see yourself as an overcomer before you enter into the battle. Now, Brother Hobbs had a pastor he told me about within the church of God and uh, we're a holy church of God, which is not part of the church of God denomination, but part of independent assemblies of God international in good standing since 1974. I like to say that because we have, we're not uh, just uh, survivors. We're overcomers. Praise God in order to stand here today. And you are an overcomer, whether you overcome or not, that's another story. But, If you are a Christian, I'm going to declare unto you by the word of God, you're an overcomer. God has made you an overcomer. That's why the Bible never said that you are a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Never said that because you're an overcomer. You know what it did say? You are more. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So I want you to, to, to get this because there's a lot about it, particularly in the book of Revelation to those churches that Jesus addressed. And he said, he that overcometh, he that overcometh, he that overcometh, he that overcometh, he that overcometh. And he didn't want any doubt to be left in our mind or heart that we would overcome not just that we could overcome. Amen? If you're a Christian today, I want to declare unto you by the word of God, you are an overcomer. 
Because the Christian faith is not putting all of that pressure and responsibility on you without God sending someone to come alongside to help. Can you say amen? We have an ally in this battle. We are not down here trying to figure it out by ourselves. We're not down here trying to work it out by ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit. And he is called, oh, when I saw the word comforter, I thought of a comforter. My, my meemaw, my, my, how many had a grandmother? I didn't have a grandmother. I had a meemaw. Actually, she's my great-grandmother. <laughs> she was a great-grandmother, too. Praise God. Don't whip him, Bob. Don't whip him, Bob. I love my meemaw. Can you say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise. She took up for me. She would, I'd, I'd go behind her when they came after me to discipline me. Amen. <laughs> and she would plead my case. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank God for, for his goodness and his mercy. Thank God for discipline. So I, I didn't turn out too bad even before I got saved. Well, I was pretty bad, but we won't talk about that. That was, that was where I don't want to go forgetting those things that are behind. Can you say amen? Listen to me carefully. This, this is important. I, I like what Brother Hobbs said about it. He had a pastor who also was a trainer uh, in a gym for young uh, boxing, uh, young boxers who wanted to go into professional boxing. So he was invited out to dinner, as I understand it, to someone's home. And he said, I can't come tonight. I'm sorry. One of my trainees is fighting tonight in his first real fight. You know, he sparred a lot in the gym. He feels he's ready. And I've got to be there in his corner for I'm his trainer. And they said, well, we're sorry you can't come to dinner tonight, but uh, uh, we'll be in prayer for him. And he said, oh, no, don't pray for him. I trained him. Pray for the other guy. Hallelujah. Amen. Because <laughs> he's going to need it. Because <laughs> he's going to get a whooping. I trained him. And I know that he knows what to do and how to do it. And he's going to take care of business when he gets in the ring. Can you say amen? You know, there's an Old Testament scripture said, Lord, you teach my hands to fight and my fingers to war. You're training me to overcome. We've been... Listen, God trains us to overcome. Hallelujah. That having done all, we're able to stand and therefore withstand every onslaught, every deception, every attack of the enemy. I'm standing today. Amen. Not because I'm special. I have something that no one else has access to. I'm standing because in the word of God, I have been trained how to overcome. Can you say amen? And part of that training is to see myself as an overcomer before the fight starts. You didn't hear me. We don't go out with God's armor to see if we can defeat the enemy. We go out to demonstrate a victory that's already been won. And it was won at the cross when Jesus said, It is finished. Everything 
has been done at the cross that was necessary to save you. And everything has been done at the cross that is necessary to keep you and seal you until he comes. Can you say amen? So with that in mind, everybody say, I'm a believer. I have been saved. And therefore, I'm an overcomer. Now, those of you that are wondering if you're going to make it, wondering if you can take it, I want you to listen to this scripture in 1 John chapter chapter 5. And let's look at verse 4 and 5. 1 John chapter 5, that is correct. And by the way, the heading in my Bible of, of chapter 5 is the believer's victory. The believer's victory. Praise God. Let's look at 4 and 5 real quick. It says, For whatsoever, or you can interpret that whosoever, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now, I want to stop and explain that for a minute. That's not your personal ability to trust God initially. This is a broader statement than that. Our faith is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It's that entire body of truth inspired and revealed by the Holy Spirit. If it's your faith is the only issue of overcoming, if your faith wavers, you're going down. But if it's the faith, if within the faith we're told to earnestly Contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Everybody say that body of truth revealed and inspired by the Holy Spirit. The faith. Early Christians would say it. We need to say it more today. Keep the faith. When I come back to the earth, shall I find faith? Not just faith to believe him. There's times when your faith may be at an all-time low. And when that happens, listen, we've been studying part of that. Peter, Satan, had desired to have you, literally all of you, that he may sift you as the wheat. But I have prayed for you. The faith that we have embraced, God is in your corner. God is on your side. And when the accuser puts forth his finger and says, if you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. If you can't run with the big dogs, stay on the porch. You don't have enough. Oh, what a lie he's telling. Jesus said, they said, Lord, Lord, increase our faith. Amen. He said, it's, you don't need more faith. You need to acknowledge and utilize the faith that you've got. Are you listening to me? You think you need more faith. You're up against a mountain of circumstance and a mountain of problem and pressure. And you don't need a mountain of faith to move a mountain. I like what a German evangelist said. He said, there is a story in the Bible where a mustard seed and a mountain got into a fight. And the mustard seed defeated the mountain. That's not about your faith being big enough to defeat the mountain of circumstance. 
You know what the Bible said in the Old Covenant? Because Zerubbabel had been given a task, a purpose to fulfill in God, and there were so many circumstances overwhelming against it that it overwhelmed him. And God spoke to him these words to encourage him. The mountain that stands before you shall become as a plain, flat, as if it didn't exist. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Can you say amen? Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say unto that mountain, be thou removed and cast into the midst of the sea. Now, that's not a blank check. That doesn't give you authority to do things in and of yourself. What it is, if you ever discover and cooperate with and surrender to the will of God, and something's in the way of you fulfilling the will of God, you don't need a mountain of faith to move a mountain. Can you say amen? Because it isn't your faith that's going to move the mountain, except your faith be in God. In fact, when they asked the question, Jesus said, have faith in God. The scripture never told you to be strong in yourself either. It never even told you to just build your faith to some hyper-faith level where you start talking crazy. I don't have any problems. All I have is answers. Until they don't get an offering enough to meet their TV budget, and then suddenly we become critical to their success. Well, evidently, they didn't have that kind of faith, right? Well, you see, that's not what this is talking about. Hallelujah. Looking unto Jesus who is the author, hallelujah, and the finisher of your faith. Glory be to God. Have faith in God. And if you do and put your trust in Him and a mountain is in the way of His will, what did the old covenant declare? The mountain that stands before you is not going to be able to continue to stand before you because it's not by might nor power. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. God is going to move the mountain. Hallelujah. God is going to move the mountain. And when the mountain moves, God is going to get the glory. Can you say man? So if you had faith in God as a great... So it isn't the quantity of it. It's the quality of it. The moment you put your faith in God, I want you to know not, not just power is released. A person is released to use his power to fulfill his purpose. Hallelujah. Mountain, be removed. If you had faith in God as a, see if you leave God out. fact is they tried to leave God out and interpret this, have the faith of God. You don't need the faith of God. You need faith in God. He's the vine. You're the branch. Hallelujah. He's divine. And you're the branch. And apart from him, Apart from Him, what is His expectation of you apart from Him? You can do nothing. But Paul said, I'm not apart from Him. I'll never be apart from Him. He's with me every step of the way. His promise is being fulfilled in me. He's not only with me, He's with me because He's within me. Hallelujah. Amen. And I can do all things through Christ, 
which strengthens me. Hallelujah. That's why when all the miracles occurred and he stood so bold for Jesus and had so many revelations, he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Without the grace of God, I would fail. I would fall. Thank God if God be for us. Amen. Romans chapter 8 is a drop the mic scripture because it says, who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died. Yea, that was raised from the dead. It's God who justifieth. What more shall we say to these things? It's Christ who died and rose again. And because he died and rose again, God has justified us. It's a forensic term. It's not for the sick room. It's for the courtroom. Can you say man? The judge of all humanity, the judge of angels, the highest judge of judges is God. And God has pronounced you not guilty. So what more should we say? What more should we say? That's the end of the argument. If God be for us, who can be against us? I'm telling you, by the authority of God's word, you're an overcomer. Whether you overcome or not is whether you embrace that. Amen. And get rid of stinking thinking. Look at somebody and say stinking thinking. Stinking thinking. Amen. You need your mind renewed by the word of God to who you are in Jesus and who Jesus is in you. Amen. Because you didn't just join a church and get baptized in water and become a member. You were baptized into a body that's bigger than a denomination, bigger than an organization. Thank God better than a denomination or an organization. But we have all, if you're a Christian, been baptized by one spirit into one body. And now, because of that spiritual bringing us into Christ. Amen. Glory to God. i got to stop here and just take a breath. We have been baptized by one spirit and into one body. And now, because of that baptism, the scripture said we are members of his body in particular. We are the body of Christ and his members in particular. And the very least member in that body is an overcomer. Whether he, and he has to have his mind renewed to who he is in Jesus and who, are you struggling with sin? There's an answer. I can overcome, not in myself by my own resolve, but through the power that's made available to me by the Holy Spirit through in the name of Jesus Christ. I can submit myself unto God. I can resist the devil from that posture and that position, and he has no choice. He will flee from you. I like the word flee in the Greek. It means to run as in panic. And I've often said it. I'm going to say it long as I have a breath to say it. Amen. We see the devil always coming against us. And we need to see the backside of the devil. Can you say amen? We need to see him fleeing from us. Because we are overcomers. Glory be to God. There are people that give the devil way more credit than the Bible gives to him. And he loves to take credit for every defeat in every Christian life. But I'm going to tell you something. If I fail, it's on me. 
because I know who I am in Jesus. And I know who Jesus is in me. And I know there's victory in Jesus Christ today. And I know how weak I am. That's why I lean so hard on him. Hallelujah. Brother Venable, you, you, you admit you're weak. Yes, because when I'm weak and lean on him, then am I made strong. So confessing my weakness and leaning on him and looking exclusively to him is the source of my strength. And let the weak say, I am strong. Can you say man? How many weak people we have out here? You're in your flesh. There's no good thing and you know it. How many sometimes get down? <laughs> Boy, y'all need this message today. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm right in the middle of that. Sometimes I get down. There's no such thing as staying up on that mountain. There is such thing of not staying in that valley. Can you say man? Listen to me carefully. Though the fig tree shall not blossom, though there be no fruit in the vine. Can you say, man, no, no, no grain in the granary, though the crops are failing, though the cattle are not in the stalls, yet I will joy in my God. I will rejoice in his salvation. And when I begin to praise him from that place that I am in and that circumstance that I'm in, he will not change initially the circumstance, but he will change me. Can you say, man, he will make my feet like hinds feet, like that, that, that young deer or that mountain goat. I love to watch mountain goats. I know we're sheep and not goats, but you understand what I'm talking about here today. We're sheep with goat feet. Hallelujah. We listen, they, they literally, you'll see them going boom, boom, boom between a sharp precipice and they're bouncing back and forth and they can stand on something about that big and not fall down they are designed for the high places Dale used to sing it I used to love it I used to have a good Holy Ghost run sometimes on that song amen we're going up to the high places and tear the devil's kingdom down can you say man we're we're, we're gonna get off of the defensive and get on the offensive for Jesus Christ for we're more than conquerors through him who loved us listen to me carefully he doesn't change that circumstance he immediately though changes us he will make my feet like hinds feet. And he will make me not to be, as I quote from the Amplified, he will, he will make me not to be stymied and stand still in fear, but to make progress on my high places of responsibility and temptation and testing. I won't be stymied when they come. I'll actually grow stronger because I'll look to God more than I looked to him before the test came. And when I looked to him that exclusively and that personally, amen, there's when I really become strong in him. That's why the Bible didn't say be strong in yourself. It said be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Take you his armor. Hallelujah. His salvation, His righteousness, His word. Praise God. His peace keeping your heart and your mind. And then go out and stand having done all. Having done all would 
centrally to us mean having done everything we know to do. It means literally having put on all that armor that's made available. And once you put it on, you don't go out to see if you can win. You go out to defeat your enemy. If I had a doubt that I might win this battle, I wouldn't preach like I'm preaching. I would be tentative. I would be kind of, you know, I hope I can make it through this. I mean, I can hear myself in my flesh saying that. I'm not mocking anybody or mimicking anybody in this room but me. Is it okay if I mock and mimic me? Oh, that was a good amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. My flesh, there's no good thing. Brother Venable, you must never get down. Oh, I always, I, 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 not always, but I have a lot of days where I go through some deep, dark valleys, some heavy trials. If you think that I've got a hyper faith attitude that says I'm going to manipulate my life to where I'm never down in a valley, that's not biblical. That is not scriptural victory. There is no place in God to live that way. Amen. But I know what to do. I'm well trained. I'm well trained. I'm well trained. Hallelujah. Praise God. I've had a good trainer. The word of God is a good trainer. The Bible said it's it's inspired by God. It's God breathed. All scripture is God breathed. And it's profitable for rebuke. Sometimes I'm reading the Bible and I'm rebuked. I got a bad attitude, a bad activity, and the word of God will put his finger right on it. And illuminate it to me. Amen. It's not, then I sing that song. It's not my brother, my sister. It's me, O oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Thank God for people that shore me up in prayer. That don't see me as some kind of spiritual superman. But see me as an overcomer. Down through the years. Through all of the tears. <laughs> I thought if Elton John can sing, I'm still standing. <laughs> we ought to be able to sing. I'm still standing too. But I'm not still standing because I have slipped uh, by some of these dangers. No, I'm still standing because God is faithful. I'm still standing because Jesus is standing with me. I'm still standing because God is holding me up with His strong right hand. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We celebrated 45 years about three weeks ago. 45 years. Did you know 20,000 pastors will leave, or 20,000 ministers will leave the ministry in one year in the United States of America? That is the statistics through Barna and some of the other qualified pollsters. Some of them were not called. Some of them were not real themselves. Tares among the wheat are not just in the pew, they're in the pulpit as well. Some of them went in it as a profession, a professional commitment to, to have a, you know, I'm just going to go and, and play golf all week and, and bring a sermonette on Sunday. Well, you, <laughs> Brother Bimble, you play golf? No, no. Do you fish? I don't, he's tried to get me to go fishing with him. He'd get a bigger boat so the alligators don't eat us. I mean, you've got to use wisdom. Can you say, <laughs> I want a pontoon boat. <laughs> Pray that he gets a pontoon boat. He's already got a truck to pull it. We, a pontoon boat. I went out with another pastor and a, two, three pastors in a pontoon boat. A pastor's son was in it. And we went to a place where in the first 
45 minutes, I counted 36 gators. 36 gators. And I thought, I'm glad we're in a pontoon boat. And the pastor's son, he could grunt like an alligator. And he'd go, I can't do it. But he could grunt like one of them gators when they grunt. And he was grunting like that. You know, we're trying to fish and he's grunting like that. And a great big old gator was heading over toward the pontoon boat. And I told him, I said, son, he said, (laughs) I said, I don't know what this means, but there's a big old gator headed here and she's wearing lipstick. Anyway, we we won't even go there. I'm going to back all the way off. (laughs) That might've been a mating call for all I know. Just, Just let her go back to her boyfriend. Amen. <laughs> but I'm a fisher of men. I'm a fisher of men. I'm a fisher of men. And just recently I was able to lead a Christian lady's husband in the hospital to the saving grace of God. And she has confirmed his whole life and outlook has changed. Was able to lead my grandfather to Jesus before he passed away. And the nurses in the nursing home confirmed. They, they hated to go in. They hated to wait on him. He was a hard-drinking, hard-living coal miner from Kentucky. And he ended up with a stroke in his 80s. And he's in a nursing home. And he's been independent, self-sufficient. And he's so bitter because now he can't hardly move without anybody to help him. Half his body is dead. And he took it out on the nurses that were serving him in the nursing home. And they would literally uh, compete with one another to see who was going to have to go in there and deal with him. And they sent him to the hospital and uh, said that he looked like he was getting ready to pass away. And they sent him to the hospital. I went to the hospital. The nurse told me outside his door, he is unconscious he may not ever wake up and I said that's okay I'm his grandson and I'm going in to see him if it's all right said, sir you can go right ahead I just want you to know and I prayed as she left the room I prayed I said Lord Lord wake up my grandpa and let me lead him to Jesus before he leaves this world Lord wake him up hallelujah And when I walked over to the bed, he opened his eyes and he said, I've been waiting for you to come. I said, you have? He said, yes, I have. He said, Bobby, he said, it's time that I came to the Lord. I said, yes, sir, it certainly is. And we prayed the sinner's prayer by his bed. He lived to long enough to be a testimony to salvation. They sent him back to the nursing home. I went to visit him when he got back in the nursing home. My mother went to visit him. And the nurses said, what has happened to your grandpa? I said, he accepted Christ as his Savior. They said, well, we can see the difference. They said, he has become the best patient on this floor. He's the sweetest man on this floor. Amen. God changed him from the inside out because why? If any man be in Christ, 
There's a change, honey. He's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Everything has become new. Can you say that? And what a testimony. And what a witness. Prayed for my mother year after year after year after year. And when she was in a nursing home, I went to visit her one time. Had prayed and prayed and counseled and talked to no avail. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Hallelujah. Pray, ask, and keep on asking. Seek, and keep on seeking. Knock, and keep on knocking. Glory be to God. Amen. I walked in, and she said, Bobby, I'm glad to see you. Don't you think it's about time that I gave my heart to the Lord? I said, yes, ma'am, it's high time you gave your heart to the Lord. And we prayed the sinner's prayer, and she went home with sweet peace, didn't she? Hallelujah, Sister Venable. Glory to God. Led my great grandmother, my grandmother to the Lord on that side of the family. Led my uncle to the Lord on that side of the family. Praise God. Amen. I'm so glad. Listen, if I wasn't a preacher, I'd just be happy to be a, a soul winner. Period. That would satisfy me. And I'd shine as the firmament. Hallelujah. They that win souls are wise, and they that be wise shall shine as the stars of heaven forever. There's a special crown of glory to those that do these things in the name of Jesus Christ. I want victory today. I don't want to be classified as a victim. I don't want to let my flesh give me a case of the poor old me's. I am more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer because you have come to saving faith through Jesus Christ. Let me read it to you before we close. Are you in first John yet? If you're not, it's page 1552 in my Bible. Don't, don't go to the pages. It's just before the book of Revelation. Listen carefully. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I want to define that again. It's not how big your faith is. It is the faith that you have embraced. God has promised to go with you through Jesus Christ by his spirit every step of the way. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. That's what Jesus said. I will not leave you comfortless. But I will send you another comforter. And in the actual Greek, you know what that reads? It reads, I'll send you another just like myself. And that's why the Bible said when he comes, he'll te- he won't speak of himself. He'll just keep telling you about me. He'll testify of me. Amen. That's how I'm going to be with you while I'm seated at the right hand of power until my enemies be made my footstool, and yet simultaneously I'm going to be with you every step of the way. I will not leave you comfortless, but I'll send you another comforter. You think of comforter. My great-grandmother had a, a, a comforter made out of goose feathers and fabric that they sewed together, and they, they called it a feather bed. It really wasn't a lay-on. It was to pull up over you. My 
dad said he would spend the night with his grandma, my great-grandma, and they had a fireplace in the living room. The bedrooms got below freezing. He said there would be a glass of water by his bed. When you wake up in the morning, he froze solid. And honey, you grab that goose feather comforter to insulate you against the cold. And when I saw comforter, I, I thought, well, is it Linus that carries around his, his blanket? You know, some people got a blanket they carry around. And, and, and they do this. They grab the blanket suck their thumb and tickle their nose. And I thought, boy, when I'm going through something, that's what I need. I need, they call it a wooby sometimes, my wooby. I saw a kid the other day, a toddler walking around with that blanket. You know, I got that blanket. That's my security blanket. I thought of the Holy Spirit as my security blanket. Boy, when I'm in, in fear and problems under pressure, he's just going to wrap me up. And I'm just going to sit here and say, oh, this is so wonderful. I'm just so, no, no, it is not for the sick room. It is for the courtroom. Amen. It is one that will stand in behalf of you, will plead your case. The Greek word is paraclete, and it means a barrister. It means a lawyer. It means one that stands in behalf of another, one called alongside to help you personally can you say man hallelujah and he said i will not leave you comfortless the greek word is orphanus i'm not way up here and you're alone way down there and i'm way up here watching your performance and standing ready amen to discipline you if it's not up to par no i'm not way up here and you're way down there you would be an orphan and that's why the Lord's Prayer begins with something that declares, I'm not an orphan. I'm a child. I'm a family member. In fact, I'm a son of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father. Now, oh, glory to God. Our Father. We in the Christian community have embraced a faith that doesn't just forgive your sins, but brings you into God's personal family. If you heard that, I'll tell you, I'm going to preach that to me. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Christians are nonchalant. We read stuff like that and we don't jump out of our seat and holler hallelujah because we don't get it yet. Just goes right over us. Yeah, I know I'm a son of God. No, you don't. If you knew you were a son of God, dear Lord in heaven, you'd be hard to handle. You'd be, devil couldn't handle you. He couldn't push you around. He couldn't defraud you. He couldn't deceive you. He couldn't put you down in some prisoner of, of, of fear and some prisoner of doubt. He couldn't keep you in that prison house. You'd come out of that prison house. Hallelujah. Amen. See, at some point, the word of God is going to get past your head. Because if it don't get past your head, it's going to die out. But if it gets down in your heart, it's going to come up out of your heart where it is sown initially into your head. And it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let this mind be in you, which was in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. 
And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Are you a believer? Are, are, do you consider yourself part of the household of faith? Do you understand it's not the quantity of your faith, but the quality of it? Let me finish that scripture. Lord, increase our faith. He said, have faith in God. And then discover the will of God. Put your trust in God for, the, for that will to be accomplished. And if there's a mountain in the way, then you qualify in his name to speak to that mountain. And if you then say to that mountain, be thou removed, cast into the midst of the sea, and doubt not in your heart that what you say. And, oh, by the way, let me stop here. Again, this is not carte blanche. This is not a blank check that you write to get your will. This is how you use your faith for his will to be done. And the Bible says to balance that. This is the confidence we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if he heareth us, we know we have the petition that we've desired of him. Because it's God that worketh in you both to will, reveal his will and purpose for your life, and to do. He doesn't just reveal it and now say, you are responsible, holy you, to carry it out. No, he said that once you commit yourself to my will, I release the power for you to carry it out. That's why I'm standing today. God has released power in me. And I can. I felt so overwhelmed at one point in my life, and it wasn't that long ago. I felt so overwhelmed. I got up one morning overwhelmed. I didn't even have a circumstance necessarily to overwhelm me. It was an accumulation of 45 years of circumstances. And I felt like, you know, have you ever heard about the straw that breaks the camel's back? I mean, you're just pushed to the limits. Let me tell you how Paul, Paul, Paul became that camel. And his trouble in Asia became that straw. And he said to the letter to the Corinthians, I would not have you ignorant brethren concerning the trouble that befell us in Asia, how we were pressed beyond measure. Everybody here's got a breaking point in your natural man, in your emotions, in your mental, and even in your physical. Can you say amen? I would not, I'm so glad he was forthright. I'm so glad he was honest. I'm so glad he didn't paint this picture of living in some, some insulated by faith situation where you never go through anything and never need to trust him with everything. Listen to what he said. I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning the trouble we experienced in Asia, how we were pressed beyond measure. This is Paul. And despaired of life itself. He didn't want to commit suicide. He just wanted to go on home and get out of the pressures. And the problems. And the persecutions. Because he was beaten with rods five times. He was given 40, 39 stripes on five occasions. 
He was stoned and left for dead. They, they, he was so battered and bloodied, they thought they had killed him. And it's not clear in Scripture whether he was dead and God raised him from the dead or he was beaten within an inch of his life and got up and recovered and was found preaching in another city. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. And he looked at a bunch of people like us that lost the victory and said, you haven't resisted unto blood striving against sin. If I can go through this and still have victory, there's hope for you. Can you say, man, hallelujah. Well, they talked about me at work. Well, get over it. Can you say, man, well, well, I had a friend that ain't my friend no more because I'm a Christian. <laughs> Oh, Lord, how many times have I heard that? Brother Venable, I have to give up my flaky friends if I come to Christ. No, come to Christ. They'll give you up. It'll be good riddance. And maybe you can win them to Jesus. If you will follow through, can you say amen? Hallelujah. First John is so clear here to me. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Are you born of God? Are you born again? Then you're born of God. The Bible says you're an overcomer. Before the fight starts, the Bible said you're an overcomer. If you're going out to try and overcome instead of demonstrate the victory that has been won at the cross, you will never defeat your enemy. You will never rise above your weak flesh. Never. I've so many defectors, so many people discouraged, defrauded of their rights in God. So many people that have no power in prayer, no power in their testimony, no power to overcome the weaknesses of their flesh because they have never had their re mind renewed to who they are in Jesus and who Jesus is in them. I will not leave you comfortless. I will, I will not leave you like orphans down there to work this out on your own. I'll send you another comforter, one just like myself. Can you say, man, paraclete means one who stands in behalf of another. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is called alongside in a specific ministry to address the weaknesses in our own flesh and in our own mind. He's one called alongside to help. I found out in the old covenant that God is right-handed. He tells ancient Israel, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, fear not, fear not, fear not. A theme that reoccurs in the new covenant just about more than any other statement because he knew we would live in, in, in intimidating circumstances, sense our own weakness, see the adversary as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He tells ancient Israel, fear not. Fear not. I am with you. I am for you. I am your God. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Hallelujah. He said, for I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Normally, I'm a lefty, 
But normally, right-handed means the hand of dexterity and strength. God knows how to deliver you. Amen. And he has the power to do it. And not only does he know how and have the power to do it, he loves you enough to release it in your behalf. And he has went ahead and pre-anticipated all of your fears and anxieties and circumstances. He knows the enemy, what the enemy's up to. He knows your weak areas. And he sent one called alongside to help you to overcome because you have trusted in Christ and the faith you have embraced has provided for your victory. Glory. Oh, I love victory. Don't you love to hear a victorious testimony? Some of you went to hear Carmen in concert. Did you hear a victorious testimony? More than the singing. And boy, he can sing in songs of faith. What, what, what impressed you most probably was his personal testimony. He had a battle with cancer. And I know when that happens, you, there are deep, dark valleys. But was there victory? Did he get healed? Is he standing in faith in God today? Hallelujah. Listen to me carefully. Praise God. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? Verse 5. But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. As we close, let me tell you the difference between head knowledge and revelation knowledge. Head knowledge is something that your intelligence can grasp and file and come into agreement with. Revelation knowledge goes deeper. It goes deeper. It goes deeper. How many here believe that Jesus is the Son of God? There's not a doubt in your mind. There's not a doubt in your heart. Who is he that overcomes But he that believes that Jesus, this is the the fundamental core of our faith. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the flesh. He is the truly only begotten son of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Is of God. And every spirit that denies that is anti-Christ. Listen to me carefully. This is important. Remember Peter? Jesus knows that revelation is being brought to his disciples. He wanted them to do more than embrace a faith or a religion. He wanted them to base it on a revelation. The devil's going to come and try to talk us out of the truth. He's a liar, murderer from the beginning, because he's a liar and the truth abode not in him. Listen to me carefully. He says, Peter, who do men say that I am? What are they saying about me? And the amazing thing is he's not asking the physician. He's not asking the tax collector. He's not asking people who have a, uh, he's asking a fisherman, a blue collar guy, this great theological question. Who do men say that I am? Some say you're Elijah. Resurrected. Some say you're John the Baptist. Come back. He said, all right, who do you say that I am? And without skipping, revelation knowledge will bring boldness. I'll tell you, it's a difference. When you get a revelation, nobody can talk you out of it. The devil can't defraud you out of it and deceive you out of it. Who do you say that I am? What did he say? Immediately. He didn't mince words. He didn't speculate. He said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. 
And Jesus said, yeah, and you're Peter, Petros, little pebble. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And upon this rock, Petra in the Greek, this granite mountain, I'll build my church on this. What is the rock? It wasn't Peter because he's a little pebble. Thank God the church isn't built on a pebble, but on a granite mountain, a Petra. Hallelujah. Upon this rock, what is the rock? Jesus revealed it. Because when Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, he said, That's right. And my Father has revealed this unto you. That's revelation knowledge. That's supernatural. That's by the Holy Spirit. He knew it by the Spirit of God. So he blurted it out as if he had studied the scriptures. He had, he had went through all of these things to finally come to that conclusion. No, he had a revelation from God and he spoke it boldly and proclaimed it. Flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Everybody say revelation knowledge. And when you get it down in your spirit like that, he said, upon this rock, my entire church is built on this revelation. Who is he that overcomes? But he that has the revelation knowledge that Jesus wasn't just a, oh, Lord, have mercy. History Channel, they don't know beans because they are not necessarily even Christian. Jesus is a historical figure to them. He's the Son of God and our Savior to us. There's a vast difference in what they know and what we know by the Spirit. The weakest dumbest I don't know if they call Christians dumb but we're sheep aren't we sheep are dumb without Jesus we, we, we can't make it you, you might find a lone wolf but you'll never find a lone sheep sheep without a shepherd is a goner if, if a wolf don't get him if a lion don't get him if a bear don't get him he'll fall over and can't get up He'll just fall over and he can't get up because he hasn't been shorn the wool and it's holding him down. He'll go to get a drink and while he's drinking, it will soak into the wool. He'll pitch forward in water and drown. That's why there's a crook in the shepherd's staff. Hallelujah. Thy rod and thy staff doth comfort me. Thank God he can get a hold of me and pull me back into safety if I keep looking to him. Let's close with this. How many believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Flesh and blood might have preached that to you. Somebody might have taught that to you. You might have read the Bible, but only the Holy Spirit can reveal that to you. Can you say man? And what does that make you? An overcomer. Because you have revelation knowledge. And there is no doubt. Praise God in our hearts and our lives. Oh, friend, I'm so glad it's real. I'm so glad it's relevant. I'm so glad it's not teaching a religion, but declaring a faith that overcomes the world. Hallelujah. Now. You can walk in this reality by getting in the Word of God, letting it reveal this to you. The Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. Or you can live in defeat. You can live in discouragement. You can live being distracted and deceived by the devil, but you do not have to because you are an overcomer whether you overcome or not if you are a Christian. 
Well, which would you rather be, a Christian who is defeated or a Christian who is an overcomer? I'm an overcomer. That's why when I read the Scripture, he that overcometh, he's talking about me. Whatever he promised to the overcomer, that's mine. Oh, Brother Venable, don't you have to wait to see if you overcome? No, not with God's armor. If I didn't have God's armor, I had to wait and see. But if I'm going to fight an enemy that's been cast down with the armor that God has granted me, amen, I'm going out to get the victory. I'm going out to demonstrate that my victory has been won at the cross through Jesus Christ. I'm not going out to see. Oh, Lord, I've got up sometimes and felt like been jerked through a knothole backwards. I've been in deep, dark valleys, and I knew it was attack of Satan. My own weak flesh and my own mind being overwhelmed by circumstances. But at some point in your life, you've got to put on your big boy pants, even if you're a woman. Can you say amen? There's a point where you have to grow up. I will not pet you here because you can't stand the pressure and the temptations of the last day if you stay a spiritual child. I speak to you children. I speak to you young men. And I speak to you that are full grown and mature. Can you say man? We'll go into that sometime. One thing is for sure we're in the last of the last days. Everything and everyone that can be shaken is going to be shaken. And God has a purpose in allowing the shaking to occur. Everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken might remain. Out of all this shaking is going to come the true church and the true bride of Jesus Christ. Can you say man? When all the dust settles, there are some people going to be standing. Having done all, they'll be standing. For we're not of them that turn back unto perdition. We're of a different ilk. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. Because we've embraced a faith that God has promised to empower us and supply us with Everything that is necessary for victory. You may will it and not find in yourself how to do it. But the good news is when you will it, he will supply what is lacking in your own flesh, in your own ability. And the day you can get up, I did it that day. I said, Lord, I have preached for years. I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me. And here I am dreading this situation and thinking, this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. And Paul said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning the trouble we experienced in Asia, how we were pressed beyond measure and despaired of life itself, that we might learn not to trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And I said, Lord. He had all these revelations. He had all these miracles. He wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. I reckon I can get through this. Can you say man? Hallelujah. And I blurted out, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Amen. 
I am overwhelmed. If I look to myself, I'm already defeated in my mind. Oh, but if I look to Him, if I look to Him, if I look to Him, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. Again, how many believe Jesus is the Son of God? How many have embraced the faith that was once delivered to the saints? Then the Bible said, you're the one that's overcoming the world. You're the one that's overcoming the devil. You're the one that's overcoming the flesh and all these things that are arrayed against you. And yet there's victory granted to you because you are trusting in me. Hallelujah. Will you stand to your feet today? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to be a victor and not a victim. Hallelujah. God is gracious and God is good today. It's good to be in his house. It's 1215. Where did the time go? Well, I'm anointed, my wife says. You're anointed. You don't keep track of time when you're anointed. I'm sitting here in a chair. (laughs) Hallelujah. We have one service a week, so we kind of really push it all into this service. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want, there's a day coming. It's coming very soon. Jesus said, when I return to the earth, shall I find faith? Are these overcomers going to be overcoming? Are we going to stand? Okay, they did it all, all at once. He's weak. He's got kidney failure. He's got severe diabetes. They were preparing her for the possibility. He even went to a lawyer, give her power of attorney, planned for his demise if God didn't step in. Well, everybody begin to pray, and God has stepped in. Glory to God. I don't know how long he's going to live. I don't know how long I'm going to live. In fact, I don't know how long you're going to live. Amen. I mean, you could live long as me, but, you know, you live in Lakeland. Lord, have mercy. Polk County is rough. Anyway, <laughs> I love you, brother. Hallelujah. Ain't it rough? You'd think out there in the country there wouldn't be so much drugs and all that stuff, but, boy, they got a sheriff that'll get you. Amen. I don't want to be wrong with him. God is good today. God is great today. And there's a day coming. There's a day coming. What a glorious day is about to break. Amen. Many are turning back. The shaking is here. Hallelujah. But something is emerging out of the shaking. That which what? Cannot be shaken. What can't be shaken? Amen. Those that believe Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even our faith will cause us to overcome. Come, let's sing that song. Did you find it on here? Let's sing this song before we go home. Did you get anything out of this service today? It's so good. It's so good. Hallelujah. To be in a congregation of overcomers today. Hallelujah. Amen. Brother Sean, in this day of shaking and quaking, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So that that which cannot be shaken, might remain. Jesus put it this way. He said, Behold, I stand in the garner where the wheat is brought in and the chaff and the wheat are all together. He said, I stand here for a purpose. My fan is in my hand. It was called winnowing the wheat. They would put it on in a basket or something, flat surface, and they would heave it up into the air. 
And the person's responsibility with the fan was to fan with all his might. And oh, the might that God has to fan with. And the chaff was separated from the wheat so that nothing but the pure corners of wheat and not the chaff is brought in, hallelujah, to the storehouse. Right now, the winds of opposition are blowing. The winds of persecution are picking up. The hurricanes and tornadoes of temptation are coming. The cyclones are here. And the chaff is going to be blown away. But you who believe Jesus is the Son of God because you've got a revelation by the Holy Spirit, the the gates of hell (laughs) will not prevail against us. Can you say man? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother Sean, you better dismiss us before I preach some more. God bless you today. Happy birthday. Ah, thank you, Lord, for this day. God's good, isn't he, church? God is good. Oh, I'm just humbled to be here. I, I really am. I'm just really humbled to be here. And I, I just want to thank everybody that's always prayed for me because there's times I get down, but, but God is faithful. And, and we serve a great and mighty God, and we thank God for our pastors, Brother Taylor and Brother Venable. Father, I thank you for this day, Father. Just have your way as we leave this place. Thank you for good word, Father God. Let us go out and be not just hearers, but doers of the word also, Father. And Father, we thank you and praise you for this, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't know about my closing scripture almost every time. It's in the book of Nehemiah. I love it because I can do this one easy. Amen. After they had committed to follow God, when they got back in the land, they were told to go eat the fat and drink the sweet, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So I'm going to tell you today, go eat the fat and drink the sweet. How many can obey that? All right. Hallelujah. God bless you today. But not too much fat and too much sweet, okay? <laughs>